Oh, this is the not grand good. COVID uh, saga. <laughs> How did it happen? How, how you doing? I'm good. So, uh, yeah, we were exposed to a person with COVID by accident. Of, of course, the person did not know that they had it. And uh, so then we all got it. Uh, me and, um, and, um, and my wife and, um, and my daughter. Um, Your daughter got that, it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so I'd say that the symptoms were uh, started off bad in that order and got um, less and less as you went down that um, list. Everly pretty much just had a stuffed up nose. That was the extent of uh, her of her symptoms. Aaron definitely had a fever and stuff. Turned, turned into a, uh, turned into bronchitis a bit, and I got full on pneumonia. <laughs> so yeah, I walked to the. I am a brave man, and you should and you should tell me how brave I am. Luke, you are so brave. Who rescued whom? Yeah. Who rescued him? <laughs> I know. Really, I, I, I think we should get Luke Strong starting start, starting to trend, if we could, please. I would really appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, I'm not 100%, but I'd say I'm prob- probably probably around I'm 68%. And then when that 68% is gone, I am done, and you can get um, nothing out of me. So Woo! Uh, the, the worst moment was when... I woke up one night and I had a hundred and five point three degree temperature. That was probably the scariest and the most like, oh my god. Yeah, gosh. that's like brain cooking. That's that's scary. Yes, yes, that is like do we go to the ER kind of a thing. Yeah. And so And you're like called, nah. uh, <laughs> and no, we uh so we called Aaron's aunt who who is a nurse. She had some really good advice for us just in the heat of the moment. And then we called my doctor. We called we uh, called my doctor's office. We were able to um, they like call this um number, and then then they have this other person. They have a doctor who's on call calls us, and she basically said, "Okay, in about an hour, if you don't see this kind of progression, then go to the ER." And thank God we did see that kind of my um temperature dropped below 104. Then about a half hour to an hour later, it dropped to around 100. So. Um, I was on a constant stream of every four hours I would take two Tylenol, and then every four hours after that I would take three Advils, and I was just drinking water constantly. Like, I mean, I, pr- I probably – like, you saw my my, my – um, I was sitting in the guest bedroom while this was going on, and it was just, like, water everywhere. Water, water um, everywhere, and not a drop to drink because Luke already drank it all, yeah. and it's in his bladder. Yeah, it's true. It yeah, was, like, it was 20 crazy, plus – it was, like, what, like 12 yeah. bottles of em- – empty bottles of Gatorade and then, like, multiples of that of empty bottles of water. Yeah, I basically took out, like, an like when I, I cleaned it all – because, like, so I'm the kind of guy when I get sick, I just, like, shut down. Like, I cannot – I have to shut my – I have to rest, and I don't – Man flu. I'm not trying – yeah, I'm not trying to clean up everything. I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave all my empty bottles here. I'm, it's, it's it's not going to be insane, but I'm not going to be like, you know. I mean, especially with, like, Aaron being sick. I think if Aaron oh, wasn't sick, it would have been w- more clean. But I wasn't going to, like, you know, I was going to let the bottles. They're they on a desk. They're on this desk that I'm podcasting on right now. And I was like, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. I don't care. This is fine. Everything's this fine. fine. I'm fine. You're fine. This is fine. And so I just got used to taking my temperature like 80 times a day. Rectally? I did end up going to the ER because, uh, no. <laughs> the doctor only said I had to take it once a day. But once I discovered rectal <laughs> thermometer taking. I was like, oh, every three hours, please. Um, I got to walk it off a bit afterwards. <laughs> then uh, <laughs> I just couldn't let it sit. I couldn't let it sit. I should have just let it sit, but I couldn't. <laughs> and so, um, oh, man, this is why we'll never get those sweet, sweet Matt Frad money. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, 
What was I saying? Yeah, so um, at one point in time, I did go to the ER just as a precaution because after I, – so I got an infusion. I had to go, and they pumped, they pumped an IV in me for about two hours. And so that was fun. And then my temperature still wasn't going down about 24 hours after that. So I called the doctor again at night. That's when it tended to go up the most because I wasn't – I'm drinking on water because I was resting. Obviously, I was asleep. And so uh, I went in just as a precaution, and I ended up – I haven't had a temperature almost since then. So – uh, I was, you know, in and out of the ER. They just, they, they just did an X-ray on my lungs and found the, they found there was probably a little bit of pneumonia. So I did have what they thought was COVID-induced pneumonia. Oh man, but it wasn't too bad. So that just I took awful. a test. Yeah, it, it was truly like it's awful. Like it really is. Like everyone who's like, oh, it's like you're barely sick. I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like yeah, it, for some not, people, it's like you're barely for some sick. people. Yeah, for and most people or many people, it is like the worst flu imaginable. Yeah, and it, I'll be honest, like, it's really difficult when, like, your whole house gets it. Oh, like, it's good. really, really hard. And so uh, Aaron is a saint. Aaron just kind of had to go, okay, like, she sucked up a lot of stuff. And she just, you know, she dealt with Everly. I, I was just, I was for like a week, I was just, I was nothing at the very least. I was no help at all. And Aaron took care of the dog. She took care of Everly. She, you know, I did a few things, but the stuff that I did was just like, hey, let's, I'm going to pay a person to come and, um, like I did stuff via apps. I ordered food, and I got. I made sure that our because like that. So the week it was at its worst. I I know it's not as bad as what happened to all, like all of you guys. We probably got total that week, maybe like a foot of about a, uh, one of a foot of snow. I think, and so it was kind of like we're having to just to navigate. Like okay, so we can't go anywhere. What happens if we do have to go to the to the ER? Like, what if ever you know all this yeah. kind of stuff that goes through your heads of like, well, what oh, if yeah. the power here does go out and all this stuff? And so I, I had like the pipes. I had a, like a, I you know kept all of our pipes as I'm trying to keep them as warm as I could, keep a little bit of water running on all of our all of our faucets just in case. Yeah, you know, um, it was just it was wild. It was I cannot believe it's been two weeks <clears throat> since I got diagnosed. I know, isn't that weird? It's so wild how time is now. Like, in quarantine, nothing is – I mean, like, everything is relative to everything else. Like, I feel like there's zero stability. And, uh, you know, it's it's now on the fourth week since I had that weird altercation with my neighbor's ex. And then you – in the middle of that, we had a ton of stuff happen at work. And then we had Icepocalypse 2021 here in Houston yeah. where I would say half of our parishioners – got flooded inside their homes as opposed to Harvey oh, three gosh. years ago where they were flooded outside of their homes. Pipes bursting left and right. I mean, we have people yeah. who lived in one-story houses and their whole one story was flooded. We have people oh, who, Lord of mercy. who uh, they were outside walking their neighbor, uh, walking in their neighborhood and they saw water in three different homes pour out of the top of their garage and they realized their attics had all flooded because in Texas that's where you put the hot water heater. And they oh, cracked, okay. and all the water would dump out of these huge tanks. Jeez. And it was, it was insane. The stuff I'm hearing, one, one guy today said they had 30 individual leaks in their pipes, in their house. What do you even do when that happens? Like, you burn it down, what do you, and you collect You burn it down, insurance. and you start it from scratch. Yeah. Insurance, yeah. 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 <laughs> my one, oh, man, my beautiful uh, coworker, God bless her. She's been through, like, everything awful. And then... Um, the pipes, she had three pipes burst in her house. And then I think what she said was the last one, they thought they fixed it. So they turned everything on and then they noticed a leak underneath the kitchen tile. So it's like your subfloor is gone. Your kitchen tile has to be ripped out, has to be completely redone. And you're like, oh no. 
So it's just like the worst. I mean, it's so bizarre. It's like because the Harvey, right? You we had Lake Conroe Dam at like 120 percent, so they had to open the floodgates 100 percent for the first time in history, and it just reflooded all of us. And uh, it's so crazy that like I just saw floodwaters everywhere. Now it's the exact opposite. It's like they were the water was in their homes and not outside their homes and we only yeah, had good yeah. snow for like really 2 days the rest it was just ice it was just ice oh, ice is ice is the worst ice is the hardest thing to try to have to, have to do and so is isis just they're very similar <laughs> <laughs> can i tell you what just scared me right now while i was talking the weird lights that are going off everywhere around you. Yeah, so I can't stop the weird lights. I can't stop them. The disco lights. On the- so a <laughs> little bit of a here. Gomer Corbett in our WhatsApp group, like two minutes before we're about to start, and he goes, I don't know why this is happening, but this is happening. And, like, all these lights are going off in your youth room like a club, like green lights and red lights. And like, it's, w- it's weird. It's like Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory when they go yeah. through that tunnel <laughs> in the Gene Hackman version. Cool. It was so bizarre. Uh, I said Gene Hackman. That's not who it is. Who is the guy? No, no, Gene Wilder. No, what is his name? Yeah. No, I think it's just like Gene um, Siskel or something. Or how I called him Gene. Gene. What did I no, call him? Gene Hackman. No, Gene, the guy I think from Gene, like Gene Wilder. The... <laughs> Gene Hackman. Gene. No. Oh, Gene Hackman's the guy. Him and from, Richard um, Pryor started a bunch of movies find together. <laughs> Gene Hackman, no. Um, but, yeah, so so I'm here in – exactly. I'm here in the youth room. Seat's about 300, boot, butts on the floor kind of thing. And no one's in the whole church. It's 930 at night. I had just given a two-hour talk. So I come over where I have all my equipment set up. And I know I'm all alone. It's really creepy to be the only person on campus. But as I'm talking to you, Luke, a woman's voice behind me mm-hmm. says, hmm, hello? While I was talking to you just now – and I got so terrified. I was like, what the hell is that? I realized I said history, and it triggered Siri, as it just did again. And she goes, hmm, <laughs> I don't know. And I didn't hear something. So all I heard was a woman's voice be like, hmm, Oh, hello. that's freaky. And I was, like, terrified. What freakiest um, building you've ever been in alone? Like, what? Oh, this is weird. Hey guys, it is Luke here, and I'm here today to tell you once again about BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp. Is there something that is getting in your way with your own personal happiness or is preventing you from trying to achieve your goals? Listen, 2021 is a lot like 2020. Everyone's having a hard time right now, and that is okay. Help is out there. You can find help right now. With BetterHelp, they can actually get you a match with your own professional licensed therapist within a 48 hours. They are not a crisis line. It is not a self-help thing. It is professional counseling done securely online. And we have the Catching Foxes among listeners from all over the country, even Canada. Anyone, anywhere in the world can get help through BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com. Here is the deal. Once you just start, I'm living a happier life today. But I'm going to tell you that it actually really does work. I know some people who've gotten some great help, pun intended, from BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This podcast is, is sponsored by BetterHelp. And Catching Foxes um, listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash foxes. Catching Foxes listeners get 10% off, off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash foxes. Uh, I was in a rectory where there was uh, demonic obsession, 
and I was left there alone for hours during the day. Um, and uh, I think that was fine. Demonic obsession. Uh, the priest, when he first moved in there, would walk through the house. You know, it was one of those like 1920s mm-hmm. houses where mm-hmm. every room has a, is walled in. So he went from intended. the porch to the kitchen to the dining room, and he turned back to the kitchen. And every cabinet, every door was yeah. wide open. Stuff was thrown on the floor. And he had just walked through that room. Lord of mercy. And then there were like multiple things. Uh, I can't remember. He told me a whole bunch of stories. And that was <laughs> the. You were sleeping there? I'd have been like, maybe, maybe put up the money for a hotel, please. <laughs> then the second day I was there, he took me to lunch and told me that story. Yeah, he told me that story. And then he was gone for the. And then he was gone for the whole rest of the day. And I was like, I'll just be alone here. That was probably a scary. I can't really think of a scarier place. Well, I don't know. What about you? So the scariest place I've ever been in by myself. So, okay, every high school. Besides your ever, basement. Yeah, it's true. Every high school that I've ever uh, worked at, when you're the only person there and you're turning out all of the lights, that's insanely creepy. But this is by far the creepiest place. So there's a wonderful place here in the Archdiocese called the Holy Spirit Center. And it was one of the old seminaries. I don't think I've, I'm taking. I don't think I've taken you there before. We uh-huh. need to go at some point in time. So, back in the day, it was bought by this group. I guess I think it's some charismatic group or something. And anything when they like close a church down or when people have like blessed items at their home and then they die, they will take they will take um these things. So you have to. So it's a really old building because it's. A, I think it was the minor seminary. So it's huge. It's old. It's got all the you know. It's got those like like cool old rooms and stuff. And then all these old statues, all these old paintings, all these old little um, all stuff that people or at a church or at a person's home that they, that is like like a blessed um statue. You just can't um put that in the garbage. And so it's like your eclectic Catholic grandmother's house but it's a retreat center <laughs> and a huge old seminary <laughs> and there's this hallway where they have like 20 statues or something and they're all the same kind of like cut like same cut of marble and when you have to i've had to walk down that at night with all the lights turned off and it is just one of the freakiest things i have I mean truly it like it feels like a doc you've never seen the doctor who thing about the um weeping angels where they're like statues it's it's kind of like that and then after you do it about five times, it's not because I used to run an event there, and I was always the last thing that five times you get used to it. But that first time when you stare down this hall and it's completely pitch just twenty, it's, it's this old um, narrow hall, and I'm not I'm kidding you, twenty white marble statues all along the side, this very tight hallway. Hello. Yeah, exactly. It's the weirdest Sinner. thing. It's so it sinners is. get spanked, Lou. <laughs> sinners get spanked. This isn't the 1970s. <laughs> I mean, it's so that is so creepy to think of. And when you said uh, I was running an event there, I thought you were going to say I would run down the halls there. Like you would get there and be like, "Not this hallway." <laughs> run! Don't look him in the eye. Don't look him in the eye. I know what you did last summer, Lou. <laughs> you did nothing because you're an adult. It was just the same thing, and you quietly died inside. Remember when your summers used to, used to be this free, glorious thing? It's not. Your life is over. <laughs> I was thinking about you the other day, Thank Luke. Thank you. I was listening to a talk by a psychologist on on extroversion <laughs> and finding the right finding the right <laughs> job that fits your personality type. And the guy said, 
uh, you know, for instance, extroverts, if you lock them in a cubicle all day, they're going to go nuts. They're the guy who goes that everyone hates at the office because they just go from door to door mm-hmm. to door with a cup of coffee talking to everyone mm-hmm. because they can't stand to be alone. Get that guy out of that office and put him in sales. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, who is an extrovert? And this guy raised his hand. He goes, do not do that to yourself or your coworkers. We hate people like that. And I was like, Luke literally sent me a video of him working in his office, and he was miserable. And I was like, what am I supposed to look at? You're like, I'm just alone in my office. I'm like, God. Sometimes you need human interaction. People need to do that. People do, but extroverts need it way more. Yeah, it's true. Listen, it's, it's, listen, it's not my fault that all, that all of you introverts are, are, are weak nerds and are like, just, you have to suffer and endure us. I'm sorry. My sister-in-law is a super introvert, Rosemary. And she said, like, how introverts socialize and is like 1% uh, uh, you know, toughens up and goes out into the world and makes friends. And that's like 99% uh, begs for an extrovert to find them and take care of all the problems for them. Right? Like all they're socializing for them. Like, we, okay, I'm just going to hitch myself to you and here we go. Look, I have friends. I'm not alone. You'd be, like, you'd be dead inside without us. Um, <laughs> we have some um, topics. Do you want to cover Oh, Luke, man. Topics? So I got about 87 emails uh, after you sent me a text. It's not work. Luke sends me a text message at like 4 o'clock saying, we recording tonight? And before I can say yes, I realize my in <laughs> my inbox has blown up by almost 100 messages. So I was like, oh, Luke must be really determined to do top 10-minute <laughs> topics or something. Well, here's the deal. I have... Um, never had nothing more to give than I than I am right now. <laughs> like I'm just so I got nothing. I got. And nothing. let me tell you, the last two weeks have been the hardest on me with the show. I know. I've I had feel to do bad. The, You've had to do everything. The Sunday stuff, but like the ads. When I found out we were supposed to do the Bible binge ad last week, I was like, "Oh my god!" I already published the episode, so I froze it, marked it as private, went through, recorded an ad really quickly, re-uploaded it, had to change all the times for the sponsorships, and then published it. And I'm like, "Okay, let's never do that again." But hey, thank think you to our sponsors that you are making. Think of the memories. Yeah, look at that. You're making. Look, look at, at that. that. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. What if there was a podcast that used pop culture references to review stories from the Bible? And what if you could listen to a recap of a Bible story like the recap of your favorite TV show? Well, now here comes your new favorite show, after us, of course, from the team that brought you the podcast. Here is The Bible Binge, a show that takes both the familiar and the obscure stories found in Scripture and walks you through the odd circumstances in which these ancient figures find themselves in with equal parts humor and insight. Whether these are stories you love or if you're new to scripture, the Bible Binge has something for everyone. Not only does the Bible Binge recap Bible stories, they also cast these characters with modern-day celebrities. And one of the reasons why I love the Bible Binge is not just a particular show, which the really funny one Kirk Cameron explained, but they have the, <laughs> it's so funny. They have these two things that I love, faith-adjacent things like Thanksgiving and Santa Claus. And then it's another category called favored or forsaken. And they go through these things like celebrity Christians. And Kurt Cameron explained, or uh, very topical, Dave Ramsey explained with all the little reports coming out about working condition, working conditions at the Ramsey Solutions or whatever. We're going to leverage your pop culture literacy to enhance your biblical literacy. I think that's sweet. So head on over to the Bible Binge on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can listen ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Wondery, feel the story. Well, you look good, though. Okay. You, you, your skin looks healthy. My skin is very healthy. You seem to be in a good, you seem to be in a good place. 
Thank you. I've been doing a lot of push-ups. I've been <laughs> coughing it. so much that I hurt some some uh, muscle in my chest. <laughs> so that's cool. Oh, I pulled the muscle from coughing. I am officially in my late 30s. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I Like, seriously, man. It's so um, – no, I never want to, like – I just never want to be the, like that again. I know the words coming out of my mouth are stupid, and I shouldn't even say them. But what if we kept this this recording very tight? We've been talking for 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. What if we were done in 40? We kept this to an hour. I'm fine with that. No, I, I'm not. I, that, You're that a tired is, little baby. Yeah. I am exhausted beyond exhausted. <laughs> Part of the show that's more. now going to be edited, I want to fuck. Sorry, man. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost to a T. It is incredible. I, 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 it's, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. It's not going away. Yeah. Okay. Anywho, so Luke, we have topics, and I'm broken. <laughs> oh man, here's here's a good one. This is, I think, of this is a question worth talking about. This Wait, well, Luke, where supporters. are all these topics coming from? Oh, um, you know my heart. These are all coming from our very best friends over at patreoncom slash cf Again, that is patreoncom slash cf Go there for. Uh, sometimes you'll get uh, you'll get messages answered by us directly after we feel guilty for being feeling feeling overwhelmed and not getting back to, to everyone as fast as we should. And we do try to we do interact with everyone on there as as well. And we have a generally we have a pretty good community of of people over there. It is it is a, a lot of fun. And it really, honestly, is a great way to keep to to support the show. It's what keeps the show going. Thank you to everyone who has gave us their 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 um support this past month. They actually have a new um feature now where uh, you, you can pay for like a whole year just up front. We've had we've had a couple people do that, and that's been incredible. So, oh yeah, I um, forgot about that. That's true. Uh, thank you all again. We're sorry. We're trying our best to to be as involved as we can. It is our number one priority on top of our real jobs and our and our like real wives. Ugh. And uh, kids and whatnot, yeah. and so uh, you're our but, fake uh, wives, Patreon. They're our yeah. real wives. No, no, no. But that doesn't you're mean we love f- you any less. You're my fake wife. They're our fake kids. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, the fruit of our loins, our fake, fake loins. I like it. All right, what's the first topic we got, Luke? All right, this is good. Uh, now, is this ten help- minute topics? Is this five minute topics? What is this? I don't know. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Okay, we'll do five minute topics. Let's do. I'm fine. Yeah, okay. I'm. I'm fine with that. What does healthy intimacy um, look like in a dating relationship? Whew. Especially people who kind of, you know, come from a place where it's like they're almost too guarded. Yeah. Um, I, I have a few thoughts on this. Um, one I would say is that, like, it, it looks like an absolute mess. And that's okay as long as you're striving to, like, be healthy. You know, because like there's listen, there's there's I mean, who the hell has ever had a healthy a relationship? Find me one person. <laughs> I raised like, my hand, but no, n- never. I once. mean, like I can think of maybe a person in college who had a relatively healthy one throughout all you know, yeah, 
all of college. We get it, um, Brian Kissinger. We get it. Gosh, <laughs> no, but like, but like even our friends who we know who had you know decent ones, like they definitely had their ups and downs. Things yeah. were you know like. So I I think health. I think what it looks like is um. Are you trying to inc- like include this person in your life? Like, are you trying to enjoy them being a part of your life? And are you opening up to them? And are you like? I think when it comes to relationships, you need to put other things in. If you put other stuff in their proper place, the relationships tend to like fit naturally. I think you know. So like, if you're too into your own relationship, it quite often means you're either like not do you're not like going to class enough. This is if you are in college. But so I think that's kind of like works at any age. If it's you know when you are single. What is your vocation, right? It is your jobs. It is your friends and family, school. And if it's pulling you away from – and if those things are not in um, their proper place, usually the uh, relationship that you're in is either either the cause or it's it's screwed up as well. And, like, quite often I think when people have, like, a messed up, messed up relationship, it's a symptom of something bigger. It's actually kind of like money in that way. I would say what makes a healthy relationship, the, the, the red flags I would look out for are, is she or he pulling you radically away from your friends? Um, because I think one of the markers of a healthy relationship is not that you've become so obsessed with this person, you fall off the face of the earth. I think that's a, that's a red flag. Um, if you become obsessed with the other, you're doing a dating relationship wrong. Um, I have known married couples where the husband, uh, when they were just dating, did not become friends with the wife's friends. And that doesn't mean you have to be best friends or anything like that. But you have to be able to like them because they represent aspects of her personality and they bring Mm -hmm. out certain aspects of them. Yes. And so, you know, obviously you want to be friends with the one that your boyfriend or girlfriend with, right? Intimacy should be about exploring who you are as persons, not just exploring each other's body parts. I think that is horrible. Sexual intimacy always clouds. It's emotional wonderland, right? Being physical and running the bases of uh, the female body, right? Um, you know, go to first base, go to second base. There is so much pleasure and dynamism charged with that that it clouds and it's meant to cloud love that kind of um erotic love is meant to cloud your vision but if it's in marriage that's where it works when it's out of marriage Mm -hmm. it doesn't so the other red flags would be like uh if you're progressing physically way too intimate and you don't have that covenant there that commitment to her or him as a person um, the other thing I would say is, are you and, and you got to see where your personalities overlap and where they don't, and you need to go outside your comfort zone and get into what makes them charged, and they need to get in out of their comfort zone what makes you charged because, like Luke might be the master of bars and karaoke, and Aaron might not be, even though she has an amazing voice. You both need like you need to grow as persons through the other and through their friends, and so the if you cutting yourself off, you're doing it wrong. You're not enjoying what they enjoy. You're doing it wrong. Um, those are the broad things I would look out for. And it's, it's, I think it's really, really important, too, that you give yourself permission to fail. Like, it's just – it's, it's not going to be perfect, you know. And so right. 
Um, and that's okay. Like there are times, you know, where like me and Aaron, we, you know, we would spend a lot of times, um, when we were in um, Denver, well, especially while Aaron, uh, while Aaron almost was in grad school, we would just go to, we would go to um, bookstores and just kind of hang out and she would do work and I would, or I would um, look at books and stuff and it was great. And there were times when we did a lot more than, than that than we did going out, but that's what she kind of um, needed to do. And the one that like, it's, it's really just about like, you just have to try. That's the most important part is that you try and be okay with failing. And you don't want to right. push over. What's the next one? Um, we just got a puppy. Any tips on what not to do? Yeah, do not feed it scraps from the table. Yo, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Don't ever do that. That's really yeah. bad for dogs. And don't take it in the car as much as possible where they're not going to a bad place. Right? Take them in the car for little trips because you want them to be happy in the that's car. That's actually a really good point. <laughs> My dog loves the car. My mother-in-law's dog poops every time he gets in it. So uh, my dog cannot wait to go on little trips with us anywhere we go. And so the habits you set for puppies kind of becomes what they do for life. So what we did was we hung bells on the back door that it could ring with its nose when it needed to go outside. Every time it went outside to go to the bathroom, we gave it a treat over and over again. Every time it went into its kennel, we gave it a treat over and over again because I wanted to be able to say kennel and it just run right in there and sit down. And I'll, even to this day, like he's no longer a puppy, but I give him treats. I do all the same thing because I never want that behavior to go away. It pisses me off when the dog rings the door, rings the bell by the door with his nose. I open the door. It runs outside, does a circle, runs back in and goes and sits right next to the little, little treats. That's funny. Oh, little buddy. Oh, my little buddy. My wife sent me a text message a few seconds ago saying, and just to let you know, Buddy is snuggling in bed with me. <laughs> oh, Buddy. I love Buddy. No, oh, he's a little Buddy. He's so cute. What would he's you so say cute. as the multiple dog owner? Uh, so we've only – I've never done a puppy. We've only mm. done rescue dogs. So just in tips of what not to do, um, nothing. That's the worst thing that you could possibly do. Yeah, like, don't do it. Really, anything. I mean – you have to do stuff. You have to like. I think it's a really great point about like bringing the dog out in 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 the car, um, having them be okay with loud noises. Finding ways to do that. You know, we'll do things like um, actually um, like have your wife or like have your girlfriend or whoever um, knock on the door outside, and every time that the dog hears hear, hear, hears a knock, um, give them a treat. That way, they become they become uncomfortable. Um, uh, um, Good. I think the worst thing you can do. I did do. not do that. Yeah, that's a really big deal. Um, and it's 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 hard when you have a rescue dog because there's some things that they're just you can't change yeah. certain things and that's that's really really tough. But um, I think the big thing you're right is just getting them um, your attention, your currency is your attention. So you want to uh, do your best to like when they do a good thing, I, um, acknowledge that, and they do a bad thing, ignore it. Uh, let me think here. I am so third times a charge. Okay, so this, this, if you could personally convert any any unbelieving person to to the Catholic Church, who would it be? Welcome back, Luke. Thank you, Moira. Uh, Moira. If you could personally convert any unbelieving person to the Catholic Church, who would it be? Wow, that's a good question. That's a, I like that's that a very good, good question. Joe Biden. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Man, who would I convert to Catholicism? Now, that's a question because there's, there's like, the selfish answer, you know, like, because I want them on my team for me. And then there's, like, the global Catholic vision of an influencer. Uh, I don't know. Jordan Peterson, maybe, because uh, he's such a big influence. He's pulled more men out of new atheism, and probably women, too, but you hear more from the men, out of new atheism uh, than Bishop Barron, you know. 
I just wish he'd throw him into Catholicism. Um, I think of Francis Chan. I just really yeah. love his. I like. I. I just when you hear him talk, it's just you can't help but want to love God more. Yeah, that's and very so. True. I think just if you were to combine that with a sacramental and experience of like all of all of the sacraments, I just think, my gosh, like what a powerhouse. Um, who do you think? Really, okay, Luke, how about this? For personal selfish reasons, who? Okay, how about this? Instead of a celebrity or someone famous, who in your life would you want to convert? Oh, um, like in terms of like my um, friends and family? How, however you want to interpret it. So you huh. could be like someone that you don't really know all that well, but yeah. maybe you yeah, work yeah, yeah, with yeah. Or, you know. I think I would like to – I think um, I would uh, choose my brother-in-law, Brian, just because I think Brian has such a like a really good heart. Yeah, and Brian awesome is dude. definitely – is. yeah, he's a really good dude. And just uh, – he, you know, he's got a background um, um, uh, in like Christianity and stuff. And so – and I can just tell he's got a heart for um, others. And I think it would just be cool to be able to – talk with him um, more about that stuff. Yeah. And so uh, he's just a fun guy. I mean, I mean, I like also just um, love Brian. But uh, and so I think being able to add that to uh, to our friendship um, would be cool, but it wouldn't really like change how I feel about him or anything like that because I already, uh, I already uh, love him. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say I probably would pick him. Him or, um, or um, uh, probably – Uncle Wade, just because I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Wade, legend. Yeah, legend. How about you? What about us? Uh, mm, you know, it would probably be my brother Chris. Not that he's not Catholic; he's just not super practicing. So I don't know where he kind of is in his faith. I sent him a Scott Hahn study Bible, you know, that has all the commentary. I sent uh, the New Testament. I sent that to him just so that if he ever, because he reads the Bible every so often, he'll go to mass every so often on his own. But um, I would love for him to have a uh, a more intellectual faith, and so um, I sent him that. But I, I would love. I mean, he he's one of those people that could evangelize, you know, a biker gang, and he inst- he has instant rapport with everyone. I don't know what he's doing at his current job. He needs to be in sales. He's one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I could see him. What about celebrity? What celebrity would you want converted? Oh, uh, okay. So this is kind of a little bit of a cop out, but John Mulaney, <laughs> just because he has enough of the Catholic um, background that's there that whenever it comes out, it is so hilarious. And I yeah. just think he's such a, I think he's so funny and I love his, I just love his voice and yeah. his insights. And so I think to see him like be full on in, into his Catholic faith would be just like, I think it'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who my celebrity conversion would be. I mean, I already said Jordan Peterson, so I don't want to say like Joe Rogan, but uh, but Joe Rogan. <laughs> He's they were all raised <laughs> Catholic. John Mulaney and him, they're all they're all lapsed Catholics, mm. you know. Yeah, uh, I think I would like to see the Cohen brothers. Um, oh yeah, I mean they are Jewish, and it's, so they have they have they have they. I mean they've got the religion stuff. It's it is there, mm. but I would I just think it'd be interesting. If they were to convert into, and I'm going to assume like you know, con, like a part of conversion would mean you you understand more about the lives of like certain saints or just you know um, yeah. different things like that. I think how they would could incorporate that into their work would be really really fascinating. It would be awesome to get a Padre Pio movie from the Cohen brothers because he was well, such a he was such an interesting fella. Their take on the their take on on um, the New Testament in 
and and Hail Caesar is it yeah. is absolutely fascinating. I mean, they find a way. I think they're talking about like um grace and nature and just yeah. how like um grace is possible could quite quite possibly be in just the everyday reality of our lives and I, and how and I'm like that's kind of amazing. Like, I don't know. I I could be projecting that, but there is a scene at the end of that film that. It's. Um, I'm going to kind of spoil it, but I don't think it matters because it's inc- it's in- it's incredible. That's where... George Clooney is in it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the the main character is uh, um, um, uh, J- Josh Brolin, who's this mo- who's this, uh, he is like a movie like producer guy, and he's kind of having like a like what's the point of my life? Like w- 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 like what do I want to do? And and so he's at these and he's and he's working in films in the 1950s. And at that point in time, one of those big films would you'd have your huge um, Bible epics. And so he's at this one thing, and he's basically um, talking to an actor who is Christ on the cross, and he almost like confesses to him like why he thinks um, movies are so great, and like like what the power that like they're doing, and how it can change lives. And this guy tells him what he wants, what he wants to have um, up for lunch. The guy playing um, Jesus on the cross. <laughs> and it's this kind of weird thing of like, yeah, it's like every day like reality and grace, like over like and how they both are part of this like part of like the same thing. And I was like, that's kind of brilliant. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. I love that. That's a great, great movie. Yeah. Yeah, I just lost all internet connection. For like seven seconds, and I was like, "What? No, no! <laughs> we want to go to bed. We want to go to bed." <laughs> All right, what's the next one, Lukey Duke? Um, how to deal with a desk slash computer job? I'm a bit new to this world and trying to not let my soul die. Oh man! Oh man, that's hard. Uh, if you if you are in danger of soul death, please see earlier comment about introversion and extroversion, because you might be in the wrong job, bro. Like, there's a reason why those corporate jobs make you feel like drones. Because if you're in the wrong, if that's if being alone and given autonomy and given objectives, and then permission to go and crush it, doesn't fit your personality, and it sounds like it doesn't in these first couple ways you phrased it. Uh, I would I would. Um, Either A, figure out ways to be more extroverted within your job, or B, yikes, start looking for a job with more people and you're not just stuck in a cube. Yeah, I think there are there are definitely – I mean it's, it's kind of weird because like some computer desk, desk jobs now, they are, there's a lot of personal interaction. Mm-hmm. I think be. it's more – yeah, but there are times that it's still like definitely ca- cannot ha- have that as, as, as well. I – I find a certain um, satisfaction in when I'm just crushing my work. So, like, I have to, so like my theme for this year is falling in love um, with the process. So, when I'm doing that at work, that tends to be when I'm like at my happiest. Mm. And so, there are times when that, and it can be a little bit more exhausting because I'm actually, especially right now, I am I'm working alone a ton because uh, we're not interacting as much i'm not doing any of my meetings and stuff and so it's um i'm having to do a lot of um, busy work stuff or just kind of you know doing things that i would, would i would rather i'm not be doing but we just got to do something and yeah. so um i have found trying to fall in love well you know just like okay so like um sorry i'm drawing a little bit of a blank but um i try to crush things in terms of like 45 minute 
increments, and I'll break those down into about um, 15 minutes each. For me, that's – I'm not saying this is this going to be like overkill for like some people, but it really works for me if I break it down into about like um, 15 minutes or so. Yeah. And when I do that and I'm able to kind of like rock through stuff and I really have a list and say, like, okay, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to attack this, 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 and this. And it kind of – my world becomes less about the work and having really to manage – the work that I'm doing, and then that allows me to get through all of that other stuff that some might, that I find to be pretty pretty um tedious. So it's not about the tedious work per se, as it is engaging with how I manage it. Yeah, you know, I what saves me in my job is uh, like I'm a big fan of deep work, and the idea is I allocate uh, one time, maybe two times, if it's a crazy time in the work week, but one or two times a day in, to email. And the rest is devoted to my staff, my coworkers, um, and it's devoted to writing essays and producing video. Like, it's the work that I'm hired to do, right? Like, I am hired to teach classes, to prepare talks, to do these videos. That's what I'm hired to do. I am not here to answer emails. The answering emails helps me do what I'm hired to do. So it's a component, but it's not the end, and I, sh- I need to make sure – that I never let it swamp out the reason why I was hired. And so um, what I do is I allocate basically like an hour a day every day to email, and I try not to make it more than that. Sometimes it just has to be because of the nature of the work week. Um, usually if I have big leadership meetings, I will do an hour to, half an hour to an hour of emailing before to make sure I'm caught up on everything for that meeting. Um, and then, uh, you know, usually around 3 o'clock, I buckle down and I do emails for the day. But my big thing is if, if you're there, if your job is to email people, then okay, like you got to figure that out. But if your job is to do something else like, uh, you know, whatever with computers, writing programming, writing code, answering email all day is going to disrupt your ability to do that deep work. So, yeah. But you got to balance it. Like if, if you work uh, customer service – like, sorry, you have to be on email all day. You have to be by your phone all day. I don't. And so I balance the stuff that sucks the life out of me with stuff that gives me life. So, all right. Hey, everyone. You know I've abandoned social media stuff. But let me tell you, there is one place where I can connect with you that is worth our time. And that's Stereo.com slash Gomer. You head over to the Stereo.com slash Gomer. Follow me. Get the Stereo app. And every Sunday night, you can join me and Luke live. It's a live show. This is not pre-recorded. This is the Catching Foxes after party you never knew that you wanted. It's fun. Stereo app has thousands of live social conversations and all that stuff. But guess what? You get to join us. You get a little notification. Oh, hey, Gomer's going live. You hop on the show Sunday nights, 10, 9 central, and you can just listen in. It's great. I love the Stereo app. It's um, I'm, We're on it all the time, and it's a lot of fun. So you follow us. You get notified. You listen to the show. Then you can participate. You can leave comments you maybe you could become a co-host especially if luke keeps this whole covid thing up yikes we had katie on it was katie and me the last week and it was so fun we always schedule them for 45 minutes and we have never gone less than 60 because it's a blast we get to hear from you directly it's a lot of fun so you want to join us on the stereo app for the catching foxes after party sunday nights at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. I will always say 9 Central. I don't care what Luke says. He yells at me all the time for saying 9 Central. He says that's the worst time zone. It's the best time zone. 
10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, 9 o'clock Central, Sunday nights, live. You join us, ask us questions, make funny comments. It is a lot of fun. Don't miss the after party over on the Stereo app. We'll be going live, and it'll be hilarious, where you can scream and yell and laugh and giggle. It's going to be awesome. Many thanks to the Stereo app for sponsoring this show. Okay, here's a good one about about um, homeschooling. Who's about to? Uh, this is from Kylie. About to embark on on homeschool on homeschooling my my oldest kindergartner. Any tips from a from a seasoned homeschool almost family? Routine ideas, curriculum uh, stuff you wish you'd done um differently in the beginning. Uh, yeah. Um, I would say this. One of the hardest things is uh, your temptation to want to reinvent the wheel because there's so much good stuff out there. The way we and my wife looked at it is I want my kids classically educated more so than anything else. So the trivium and quadrivium. So what we do is we want to make them love reading and understand how to read more than anything else. So... The um, math and all that stuff, uh, you find books that are complementary to what you're trying to do. Now, there is a lot of good stuff that's out there that is a kind of like a completed package that if you're really nervous about selecting curriculum, you can go to a completed package like a Seton Home Study or the Mother of Grace or whatever. Um, we do Memoria Press, which is a Christian group, not a Catholic group, but they like they're uh, – Latina Christiana or Prima Christiana, whatever it's called, their Latin language is just straight up mass parts, which I thought was so fascinating. Um, but they teach Latin by quoting, you know, I mean, they teach them how to say the Hail Mary and the Our Father and all this stuff in Latin. Um, it is it is powerful when you see kids break down classical methods of storytelling, of understanding mm-hmm. how stories go together. I love that. There's a book called Homeschooling from, and I always butcher this, Homeschooling from Peace, Homeschooling from Rest, something like that that my wife bought, and it totally changed her entire attitude on homeschooling. You're going to get curriculum-itis where you're going to want to buy a new book. Like a, like for us, we did math UC for our kids where you use these blocks called manipulatives. I mean, you use them to do the math counting, and our kids hated it. They absolutely – I thought they would love it because it's like the physical way of seeing 10, make 20, make 50, make 100, and they just did not care for it at all. And so we had to switch the math curriculum, and now we love the, the new math curriculum. So it That's is a lot of trial and error. That I, I think is really cool about homeschooling is, is the t- trial and error part. Yeah. Yeah. You can go, hey, okay, this really isn't um, working for the kid, so let's try something else. Or this is this is working for her, but it's not working for, for him. How can we yeah. adjust this? Yeah. Like you get such a personalized um, education. Yeah, which I it's think is really, yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, and, and I, 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 you're not conforming. It depends on where you live, so you have to be legally aware. Um, but you're not conforming to anyone else's standards other than your own. And, you know, if you do something like a hybrid school, like a Regina Chaley or Bosco Academy, you can take standardized tests through that to make sure your kids are tracking with other kids. You can totally do that. And in most locales, public schools are required to admit homeschoolers um, to their extracurriculars and stuff. So it depends on where you're at that you can also supplement with a music program or a sports program. Um, if you feel like inadequate for you uh, in your current setup. But for us, it's a reason to get discounts on day rates for uh, every ride, every zoo, every, you know, we go yeah. and there are no lines, right? Yeah, no. And I think that's, I, I think it's like, there are a lot of, um, 
And this is coming from a person who, you know, like who has worked in education on a whole bunch of levels and, and, um, um, whose mom was in education for gosh, almost like almost 40 years now. And there's just, there's a lot of, um, and this is, I'm not trying to say that, you know, like, like a, I'm a public school is bad or anything. I'm anything unlike that at all. I don't, I think it's a both and thing. I think there's a lot of advantages to homeschooling that if you can do it or if you want to do it, like it's, it's really, really cool. And I, I think for me, the biggest thing is when you talked about like things with um, different languages and just the different I'm kind of reading stuff, um, having kids um, um, memorize poems and um, break down um, different books and different things um, like that. That is huge. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge for their own personal intellectual um, development. Like that's that is the main thing to be able to read and um, not only comprehend information, but be able to um, break it down, to be able to compare to, uh, to com- be able to compare it to other things, to be able to understand it from a bunch of different angles. If you can do that, uh, you know, when a, when a kid is ten. And they can, you know, like read a bunch of different things about the American um, Revolution or something at that age, and be like, "That's that's what you can do, yeah, with homeschooling, and that's really, really cool." Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. So, uh, Kylie, email me, uh, and I'll pass you off to my wife. Literally, dozens of women have talked to my wife about like, how do I take these first steps? And it's not about curriculum; it's about like confidence as a mother, as a homeschooler, as an educator, like. You're not just doing schoolwork at home. That's not what homeschooling is. It's a way of living your family at home. And it's not for everyone. And Some families can't do it. Like if Shannon Lee wants to have a full-time job, that has to go away. Um, but at the same time, so it, 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 I always think of it as a mode of being a family, not, and it's not the only way, right? So no one should feel guilty that they're not homeschooling um, or that they are homeschooling, whatever, right. It's addressing the inadequacy feelings, the, oh my God, it's all on me. I'm not an expert in education feelings. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff out there that can help address those things. Um, here's a really good question. How are we doing on time right now? Uh, we got about, I don't know. I think we could do two more questions or we can do a lightning round. Um, you want to do a lightning round? That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, we'll do ten questions. Okay, Saint. So uh, Saint, like Saint, like Gregory of Nazine. I don't know how to pronounce that. Talks about. <laughs> I'm too so tired. Talks about the um, clothing in in our um, closet b- belonging to the poor. I think about that all the time. That yeah. basically that spending on the ones, but not on, but not, but but not needs in our lives takes from. The poor. See Fratelli to the um, one nineteen. I did not pronounce that right. How do we square that that prophetic call with hobbies that require purchasing un- unnecessary wants? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a really that's good. A really, I mean, th- really this question. is the art of Christian living. Yeah, this is the prudence at, at it all, right? Like, uh, you know, back in the ancient days, uh, a clothing clothing items were like a month's wage. So if you had two clothing items, right, you, you, are, you are luxurious, right? So the idea is how do I minimize what I have so that I, I can share with those who have not, right? How can I minimize what I have so I can share with, with what I have not? I don't think it is a healthy way to scrutinize every hobby you have and say, well, if I didn't buy a table saw or if I didn't buy a hammer – I could give that money to the poor instead. I don't. I think that becomes scrupulous. Uh, there be dragons down that road. 
So my rule of thumb is like you know like we always joke me and Luke always joke about how like oh got a new religion right like I got a new thing that I'm obsessed with. It was year it was it was probably a solid year of me getting into woodworking before I spent real money on woodworking. That translates into me being able to repair my own fence and save hundreds <laughs> of dollars. You know all that stuff. I think you need to develop your own skills and hobbies. I think you need to do that. I think that's what's recreative about life. But at the same time, um, you know, I personally have refused to purchase brand new MacBooks when I really, really needed one because I felt like it was hyperindulgent. So you do have to be prudent about this stuff. You do. Um, you can't chase after every toy. You can't have wonderlust. Um, you can't buy things for the sake of buying things. You have to be diligent and disciplined in that because the poor really do need and we really don't. Mm-hmm. So we need to be aware of that. Well, and I think, too, like if you're – there's a big difference between – this is where I tend to – like this is where I screw up. The conviction of, yes, I yes, I, I, I need to give more to the poor and then, you know, actually doing it. So if you're spending money on all of your hobbies and you're not giving anything to the poor, well, then maybe it's time to rethink this a, a bit. So, like, really, are your – do you have your – does the poor come before your – hobbies and if you are i'm giving to the poor it's it's okay to want to spend like some of your money on um hobbies and interests like i said that that's part of creating the art of like i'm christian living creating a um, good life that's not a bad thing it is bad if you're like you know if you if you go out and you don't ever give any money to the poor that's a problem Mm -hmm. and so i would suggest um using the seasons of the church to engage in seasons of your life so for Lent and for Advent, don't spend money on indulgent hobbies, right? Don't do that. Don't get your truck lifted uh, for the second time or third time to go mudding, right? Instead, during Lent and during Advent or during the Easter season, whatever, use that as a time where you're like, all right, I'm going to, I might do some woodworking because a two by four costs $2.48, but I'm not going to buy new tools because that's just, you know, for this season, I'm going to give to my, my food pantry and I'm going to go and volunteer hours there. Right, I think that's powerful. Yeah. Yep. Next. What's question. your What's your um favorite obscure book of the Bible? Is Song of Songs obscure? Uh, f- for most people, yes. Yeah, yeah. I killed you on that trivia game. That hilarious. Yeah. They wanted, What was it called? The quizzical papist. Yeah, or something like that. And yeah. uh, but the bonus question was the in Song of Solomon. He describes his beloved. What are the language that he uses? And I was like. Oh, my God, I literally have this memorized. This is so exciting. <laughs> yeah, Song of Solomon, 100%. I would say, for me, probably one of, like, the small books by Peter or something. There's always good stuff <laughs> the in there. The small books yeah, by Peter. Like one book, first Peter. Like first it's a tiny one, guy. Yeah. Uh, and now that you've been doing it for a while, what's been the most surprising thing about the new job? Uh, does that mean me or you? How about you first, and then I'll... Um, how much of like just like a rush I get whenever like things go well, kind of whenever like you, whenever um, uh, you like actually you know like you do an ask and they say yes or you're able to um, get a meeting uh, with the person, those little like kind of highs of those like uh, tiny and big wins. I didn't realize how much I would enjoy that. Mm, mm. Um, for me, it's connecting Catholics to the Old Testament and connecting Protestants to the sacraments. I love, I, those are my greatest joys. So I spent an hour and a half today um, going, walking slowly through the Abrahamic covenant and the major parts of it so that we could read Paul in Galatians chapter three, 
where he connects all of Christianity to Christ fulfilling Abraham and being a blessing to the nations, and that's the Gentiles. And I walked them through that for literally, it took me an hour of prep just to get to Galatians and to see them be like, oh, oh, oh. And these are all Protestants who were like, yeah, it's faith, not works. And it's like, oh, works of the law. Oh, the Moses covenant. Oh, it's Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Oh, my gosh, I understand everything now. It's so fun. It's so I see fun. through time. Uh, what's the best joke that you know? <laughs> the, be- the aristocrats. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any What's good the jokes. Best joke? I know. I don't remember any good I, I I used to remember jokes, but I don't remember jokes anymore. How about this one? Uh, I went to my proctologist the other day, Luke. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, uh, I'm so ugly, he shoved his two fingers down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Nad wants I've... to know, uh, what should she do with her life? Oh, Okay. One more joke from Rodney Sorry, Dangerfield. Uh, I'm so ugly. I'm so ugly that when I'm having sex with my wife, I pretend I'm other people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise. I get Tom no Cruise. respect. <laughs> I'm running. I'm running. I'm running so fast on all my movies. I'm staring intensely. Um, <laughs> so Natalie wants to know, Nat wants to know what to do with her yeah. life. Natalie, move to Texas. Come here to Houston. Be my youth minister. There you go. I would anything... Anything you're doing you're, that you're doing on with your life right now, I would just go all in 100% into that. Just dive Help in. me evangelize the Jews in the prison, Natalie. I got all your books. I'm still waiting for COVID to let me deliver them. Would you rather live with no electricity? This is from Isaac. Would you rather live with no electricity or no or no running water for the rest of your life? Easy, no running water. Oh, man. I was going to say no electricity. Huh. Why no running water? Because Why is that so easy? just go buy water. You you're gonna poop. You're gonna poop in what? Your, yeah. Uh, listen, I'll backyard? find a way to deal with it. I'll, we'll find a way to deal with that that stuff to where we'll make, we'll make it work. Do you really want to go without the podcast or iTunes or movies or your uh, rooks? Uh, I'm trying to think of other things that are outdated now. Uh, your your Kindles. <laughs> Did you say your brooks? Your rooks you is nook? there a thing called like a rook or a nook? nook? Yeah, nook. Whatever. I don't yeah. care. It's late. I'm tired. I've COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you won me over. Screw running water. Screw sanitizing. Like, well, you, you can find a way to deal with that stuff. But where? How are you gonna like? How are you gonna watch? How am I gonna watch The Simpsons? That's a good point, Luke. Um, Gomer, how did you come to the to the uh, to the uh, decision to to um, let your kids watch PG thirteen movies? Uh, if there were no boobies in it, I'd let them watch it. <laughs> There you go. And if there were no f bombs, I'd let them watch it. Fine. That that sounds. Yeah, I think that's very. That's, I think that's a very good uh, rule. That's a good and rule no problem. squibs bursting of blood, right? So no ultra, no violence. So what was the PG thirteen movie that I let them watch? Oh, Lord of the Rings. Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Although you do see Hulk's butt. Damn it! I already violated and my. You make principles. a joke about uh, orgies in orgies there. Orgies and Hulk's penis. You're a terrible Do father. They? Yeah, he like walks right, goes well, but can't erase that out of my mind now, or, or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do you get it, kids? Do you get it? It's like a baby's arm holding an apple. <laughs> babies are holding an apple. There I also is. I mentioned to my best friend that y'all were were looking for ten minute um, topics, and she she this is from a um, Alicia, and she threw out the idea of the dating game Catching Foxes edition. I'm dead at the thought. What are yours? Uh, yeah, I think we, I think we, I think we can make a great on dating game. 
It'd be filled with awkwardness. Like, is this like a game show that me and you host and we match together couples? Or is this like a board I'm, game? I'm getting the idea that it's a board game, but I would like to do both. <laughs> we make couples play a board game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when they win, they have to pray the rosary together and walk around campus and then have a deep talk. Oh, gosh. That's how you, that's that's how that, you that, hook up. At that's, that's how you do it when you are 20 and freaking stupid. <laughs> When you're when you're 18 at Franciscan and then you sit on a bench and you like, make out, I'm gonna be honest. Pray your I'm really them. horny, but instead we're just gonna walk and pray the rosary. <laughs> what else would you have them do, Luke? Succumb to temptation? No, I'm just I'm I'm just saying. You heard it here first, folks. Luke condones mortal sin. Last two. Uh, do you have any books about teachers or teaching that you love or highly highly recommend? I just read the book uh, Teacher Man by. By I'm a Frank McCourt, author of uh, author of Angela's Ashes. I highly recommend reading this. It was funny and poignant. Yeah. My answer is no. I, I don't either. Other than designing your own classical curriculum, that's that's the the classic homeschool text. Designing your own classical. Oh, I, I like that. Um, all right. Uh, what's on your food bucket list? I don't. I don't, I don't have a food bucket. Um, so this is going to be. Not only a food bucket list per se, but I want to eat at Table Alma 33 at um, Disneyland. And I might have an end with that. So I'm very excited about that. Is that the Rolling Rock table? No, that is a legendary um, restaurant that is is invitation only to go and eat at over um, at Disneyland. It's very, very hard to – it's right by – uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like a legendary. It's one of the best um, restaurants in the entire world, and it's very. You, I mean, you have to basically have a friend who is a member or something somehow, and they have to invite you there. It's crazy how hard it is to get in there. That's on my. That's on my food bucket list. I would like to eat grass fed, grass finished, really well done cow organ meat. I have yet. To in, I've had liver, but it's not always great, and I don't know how to prepare it well. I would like to eat really good, all natural organ meat. I got the ribeyes all day long. It's the organ meat. Mm, that sounds so good. That sounds so so good. All right. Um, they say sheep brains taste like yogurt. Sheep brains. I want to say a big th- thank you to everyone who has been um, praying for us, people praying for just like a me and my family praying for the Gormleys during all of the winter stuff, all the priests who said mass, everyone who's been saying um, a rosaries and all. Like we, I yeah, truly awesome. appreciate everyone's own prayers. You guys are, we had a priest out in Wales sing mass for the both of us. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Thank you so very, very much. And from the bottom of my heart, that really means a lot. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we all now know people who are suffering from COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to keep my coworker's sister in your prayers. Um, also, of course, Amber Van Bickle. Yeah, always. yeah. Pray for, pray for Amber and Dave. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we always ignore the caretakers in the lives of people who are chronically suffering. And uh, we need to keep them in prayer, too. So let's remind, remind ourselves. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. 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 Adios, Luke. Uh, can I give you an update with my crazy neighbor situation and all the <gasps> oh, drama? Please do. It's what everyone wants to hear. We I just know. know it. I know. I, I know. At least I want to hear it. So, and I'm it's in funny. Charge.
It's it's crazy because I think like I I just assume a psychopath is coming for me. Right? Yes. And when you think that way, which isn't always healthy, but I'll tell you what, it does clear cobwebs straight out of your cranium. Mm-hmm. And you look at you look at your home in a completely different way. You look at your family in a completely different way. You realize why schools do fire drills and it doesn't just roll your eyes. Now the kids yeah. know where to go. It's yeah. not scary if they hear the alarm, if they do it, you know, once a month or however often it is. When they hear the alarm for real, they know where to go. And yeah. my kids, like you think about it in your home. And so it's like we talk about it with our kids. How do you get to Miss Angie's house? How do you get to Mr. Mike's house? We have a lot of friends in our neighborhood um, that now my kids know where to run to and how to seek help and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the so tonight we're sitting here and we're about we're watching a movie. And I'm talking with Shannon about, you know, Kate just texted. We're going to do the show tonight, blah, blah, blah. And then our phones go off and we have an alert. And I look down at my front yard camera and two hooded figures <gasps> no. are, are in my, like directly in front of the most vulnerable part of my house, which is our big windows. That my are, heart has stopped. Right. And they're sitting there and they're like milling around my minivan between my minivan and a tree in the middle of my yard. So they're like in the middle of the yard. They're not down by the sidewalk. They're like eight feet up from the sidewalk. And they're like maybe five feet from my front sidewalk that takes you right to my porch. And I'm looking at this. I'll send you the picture later. And these two guys, they are big guys. They're wearing hoodies. And you can't, they're just black silhouettes, right? Night vision mode. It's icy outside. And so I'm like, watch it. So I throw on. And he, okay, can I tell you how stupid I am? This is, <gasps> this is me. Not only am I going to defend my home, I'm going to do it in style. I went to 511 Tactical, which is a clothing store that Excellent. sells stuff to police officers, hunters, and EMTs. You know how they always seem to have a lot of pockets well, yeah. in, in their dress slacks? Well, now I own Tactical Pants and a, oh a, ranger, a ranger jacket. There's so many pockets, it's hilarious. It's delightful. And, uh, and this go, this is where my where my Bluetooth headphones go. Um, <laughs> but I am loaded, I, so I grab a metal uh, uh, a metal tactical flashlight that strobes, so it's disorienting. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And and my uh, uh, what do you call it? The pepper spray. And the pepper spray is a thick canister that's like police grade pepper spray or whatever. And I'm like, Shannon, you keep the front thing up. She's like, they're gone. Like the camera just cycled into live view and they're not there right now. And so I was like, okay. So I looked through the front window, looked through my side windows um, where even if they were like waiting for me, you couldn't see me. And then I turned on the art room window. So those big three windows, the lights on full. And then I go around the front door and I got pepper spray in one hand. I got my fist around the flashlight and the other. Yep. And I'm walking through and I'm like, I think it was best case scenario is my next door neighbor's kid, teenager, who was just walking in the icy snow. Mm-hmm. And so I walk around and I'm pacing up and down and they're gone. No one's there. Shannon hadn't seen them. They like walked in our yard for all of like maybe eight seconds and just enough to get picked up on the cameras. They kind of they like oh, wow. kicked the snow and then they walked away. But I'm like looking at heavy boot prints in my snow I'm like all this stuff. So now I'm at an 11. So it's, we have, we have a, a storm going through right now. So I'm like, screw it. Daddy's on patrol. So <laughs> put my gloves on, got my things up. And I just walked up and down the street. I'm looking at all my neighbor's houses. I'm looking at all the cars. I'm like, if this is the drunk dude coming home to roost, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm looking for his white truck. 
So this was uh, leading up to the five minutes before um, we pushed play. Yeah, on this. great. That's why, great. A, that's, why, that's why I was a couple minutes late. Um, but <laughs> so right next to me, I have a finished hot cup of coffee. So I drank that because I was freezing. And I have my metal um, steel tubed flashlight, I don't know what you call it, and my pepper spray sitting with me on the desk next to the phone. Excellent um, companions for a yeah. stereo conversation. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like a gentleman. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, my life, let's just say it has been turned upside down. Wow. It is crazy. It is crazy. 